Welcome to the Reformed Hope Podcast. In this podcast, we seek to apply God's law word to every area of life. In this episode, we look at current events through the lens of a biblical worldview and consider what the Bible has to say about what is going on around us. We conclude each episode with a brief devotional thought from Scripture. Jesus is King of all things, and all things are to be subject to Him. My name is Chris Hume. Today is April 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2019. Today's episode of the Reformed Hope podcast focuses on Yale University's decision to continue to reject the source of all truth, knowledge, and wisdom, the Lord Jesus Christ. A recent news article from WND.com relates how Yale University continues to abandon its Christian roots. The article uses Rush Limbaugh's tagline as its title, Yale turns hideous. A group of LQBTQ students at Yale Law called the Outlaws has spearheaded an effort to discontinue any stipends for Yale Law students working for Christian law firms. Rush Limbaugh, radio talk show host and conservative political commentator, is quoted as saying that these students are, quote, livid that Yale is giving stipends to students who are Christians who might take intern and other temporary work at Christian law firms. They think that's discriminatory and bigoted, and they think Yale should have nothing to do with anything Christian, end quote. Aaron Haviland, a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy and professed Christian, is currently a student at Yale Law School. He has also written on this development, saying this, quote, on March 25th, One month after the controversy, Yale Law School announced via email that it was extending its non-discrimination policy to summer public interest fellowships, postgraduate public interest fellowships, and loan forgiveness for public interest careers. The school will no longer provide financial support for students and graduates who work at organizations that discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity and expression, end quote. The move by Yale is in keeping with the zeitgeist of liberal universities to marginalize Christians. However, as a Christian, how ought we respond to this? Let's note two things as it relates to this news story. First, consider what it does or does not say about the advance of the kingdom of Christ in America. Yale, it should be noted, was undoubtedly founded as a distinctly Christian institution. At the beginning of the 18th century, a small group of Christian ministers, all graduates of Harvard, another Christian school, gathered together to form Yale. This group, known as the Founders, consisted of congregational ministers, including Samuel Mather and James Noyes. The motto of Yale, like most of the Ivy League schools, points to its Christian roots, Lux et veritas, Latin for light and truth. Initially, the motto may have been a more complete affirmation of its Christian heritage. Quote, Christ, the word and interpreter of the Father, our light and perfection, end quote. Jonathan Edwards, arguably the greatest theologian in American history, entered Yale in 1716 at the age of 13. Edwards would, of course, go on to become the president of another Ivy League school, Princeton. Another notable conservative graduate of Yale was Ralph Arthur Bowman, ninth president 
of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Today, however, Yale is anything but Christian. In an article by Haviland entitled, I Thought I Could Be a Christian and Constitutionalist at Yale Law School, I Was Wrong. He notes, quote, You would think that the number one law school in the country should be a cut above the rest, but it's actually an environment of intense hostility towards Christians and constitutionalists, end quote. There is no doubt that Yale has abandoned its Christian roots. This is a setback, to be sure, but it should not be taken as the only piece of evidence when considering the advance of Christ's cause in America, particularly as it relates to the educational scene. When Yale was founded in the early 1700s, there were only a handful of colleges in America, even if they all were Christian. Today, despite the setbacks of Yale and other previously Christian schools, there are more universities that affirm Christ's lordship than ever before. Answers in Genesis has just one list that contains 40 colleges that affirm the biblical account of creation. This list is certainly not exhaustive, not to mention the numerous conservative seminaries out there. The cause of Christian education is still marching on despite the setbacks at Yale and other Ivy League schools. Second, should we labor to have Yale reverse its decision? Some Christians would seek to use legal action or petition the government to force Yale to reverse its decision. But you see, the problem with what Yale is doing isn't that they're discriminating or judging. Discrimination and judgment are inevitable parts of life. The problem is that Yale is judging based on the wrong standard. Having abandoned Christ as the source of all truth and judgment, Yale is now using autonomous human reasoning as its standard. And in the court of human autonomy, Christianity is evil and sexual perversion is good. Christians ought not petition the government to force Yale to change its policies. Doing so would set a precedent that the civil government has authority to dictate how a private educational institution ought to operate. You can imagine where that could lead. A private Christian university being forced to hire homosexuals or atheists to teach theology. The approach to take depends on your situation. If you are a student at Yale like Aaron Haviland, your task is to preach the gospel of Christ and call on the members of Yale and anyone else for that matter to repent of human autonomy and submit to Jesus Christ as Lord. If you are outside of Yale, like I am, your response might be that you choose an alternative educational institution, one that honors the source of truth and knowledge. The culture of liberal universities is blatantly anti-Christ. Reforming such institutions is a noble goal, but supporting ones that still honor Christ or forming new ones is probably a better route to take. Yale was formed during a time when widespread revival had occurred in America. That day can come again, and Yale can yet again return to its roots as a university of light and truth. Until then, however, understand that decisions like the one made by Yale and other universities remind us that Christians are in a serious spiritual war. The forces of darkness hate the light and will do whatever they can to silence the messengers of the king. However, do not be discouraged. 
As Jonathan Edwards, the greatest of all Yale graduates, once said, Those who have an interest in Christ may triumph over Satan, over this evil world, over guilt, and over death. We close today's episode with a devotional thought from the 10th chapter of Mark's Gospel, verses 13 through 16. The Word of God says, And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. God's word reminds us of the important place that children are to have in our minds and in our lives. A distinctly Christian worldview will reject the modern idea that children are a burden. There are relatively few times in the Gospels where Jesus is described as indignant. Here is one of them. The attempts of his disciples to prevent children from being brought to him causes Jesus to respond with righteous anger. Children are gifts from God and ought to be welcomed into our lives with love and gratitude. Yes, children can be messy. Yes, they require a lot of work. Yes, they can be expensive. But one of my favorite verses since becoming a parent is Proverbs 14.4. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. My wife and I frequently talk about this verse when we reflect on how having children in our lives drastically changes uh, the way that we do things. If we did not have any children, we would certainly have a different lifestyle than we do now. But we often comment on this verse and how children do bring difficulties, challenges, expenses, but the benefits they bring far outweigh all the things that we have to give up in parenting them. The gifts that they are to us far outweigh everything we have to give up. Children teach us many things, not least of which is the humble, dependent attitude that is required of all who would enter the kingdom of God with a repentant heart. Modern society's aversion to children is not new. The slaughter of babies taking place today at abortion mills is a new version of ancient child sacrifice. When the gospel comes, however, worldviews change. And I can attest to that in my own life. Before I was a Christian, I didn't even want to think about having a big family and children because I was focused on what I wanted out of life. Now, 10 years after becoming a Christian, four children later, I'm so thankful that the gospel changed my worldview and that our home is a place filled with children that God has given to us to steward. And though we have to give up many things in being parents, the benefit of having children to teach and train in in the ways of the Lord far outweigh those things that we could have if we didn't have children. When the gospel comes, worldviews change, not least of which is our view of children. Behold, children are a gift from the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Reformed Hope Podcast. If you've been blessed by this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. For articles, sermons, and more resources on applying the Lordship of Christ to every area of your life, please visit www.reformedhope.com. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook. Until next time. 
Go serve the risen King.